The college football playoffs expanding to 12 teams. Is that a good thing? What does it mean for the Big 12, Baylor, and all of college football? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll with Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, thanking you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single week. And I know we're in the middle of a huge week of college football with Alabama and Texas, unranked Texas, number one Alabama and Austin, Baylor and BYU, a big top 25 matchup in Provo. There's so much to break down, but on my mind today is the college football playoff and what it does to the landscape of football. If you haven't heard yet, <laughs> Thank you for coming out from under your rock to hear that the college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams as early as 2024, but really the target date on this is 2026. Feels earlier to me than I expected, but also something that was inevitable going to 12 teams. And there are two schools of thought. Either you like it or you don't. Some people think this is going to kill college football. Some people love it and think that it adds parity to the game. I wouldn't go as far to say that it adds parity to the game, but I will say it's good. Here's why. J.D. Piquel came out this week. I know a lot of you have heard of J.D. Piquel, a good close friend of mine and somebody who I hosted a show with as well. Works for On3 Sports and pumps out amazing content. But he said that the college football playoff expansion is a bad thing for the sport because in a game like Florida-Utah, when Utah loses that game, it doesn't technically matter. It takes the weight out of the regular season games because now Utah can lose that game, have a mulligan, and still make the college football playoff. So that, that game, in essence doesn't have an effect on Utah and their college football playoff chances. Wait a second. Let's think about this the other way around. Utah lost to Florida this past weekend. Their new odds of making the college football playoff are almost zero. Utah is not going to make the four-team playoff this year because there are only one, two, three, four teams that make it. Utah is not going to be in that conversation in the college football playoff. So that game against Florida... It does matter because now it nullifies you from college football playoff contention. Let me ask you this. What about the other 11 games on Utah's schedule? Now those games don't matter. With a four-team college football playoff, you're effectively nullifying any team that loses one game that's not in the Big Ten or the SEC. That's just the way it goes. It's either the Big Ten, the SEC, or pretty much Clemson at this point in college football. Those are your four. And by golly, those teams, Clemson or the top of the SEC or the Big Ten, are going to make the playoff year in and year out. For the SEC fans, the Big Ten fans that are pissed off about this, guess what? You're still going to make the playoff. You're still going to be a top four team. If you're an A&M fan, you can now be the number nine team in the country, the number 11 team in the country, and find your way into the college football playoff. This was huge for you because you weren't getting in otherwise. A four-team playoff, no chance for you. But what this does to college football is it makes things a lot more interesting down the stretch. Here's a good example. Baylor. Say Baylor loses to BYU in Provo this weekend. Could absolutely happen. BYU's a solid team. Say Baylor loses in a couple of weeks to Oklahoma State at home. It's an Oklahoma State team that Baylor has not dominated, but they've made Spencer Sanders look kind of silly here recently. And say Oklahoma State just gets the better of the Bears and Mike Gundy pulls it off in Waco. Those two losses completely take you out of playoff contention as we speak. In a 12-team playoff, you still have a chance. The rest of your games matter. Baylor could be in a spot four, five weeks into the football season where the rest of the games on their schedule mean nothing. 
What does that do for college football? It kills attendance for individual schools, and it takes fans that don't really have much to root for completely out of the equation. Once a team can't make the national championship game in a playoff era of college football, fans just stop caring. Don't think I'm, you know, telling the truth. Go look at the Rose Bowl last year. Go look at most New Year's Six Bowl games year in and year out since the college football playoff started, and attendance is plummeting. People just don't care. The Rose Bowl is seeing record low attendance numbers year in and year out because it's not the college football playoff. It's not the national championship. When it's not a part of those four teams, why why would anyone give? You wanted to win a national championship. Now you can't. People have slowly but surely stopped caring about bowl games because you have created the epicenter of college football, the mecca of college football, to be the playoff. So if I can't go to that as a player, as a coach, as a fan, all right, what what is causing me to still care that much more if the four teams that get to be at the very top of this are the only four teams that truly matter in the postseason? Now, you can make the case that these bowls matter for so much more than that and that it's money for the school and publicity for the school, but no, bowl games are dying. People just don't care anymore. Another big example, look at last year, day in and day out, as we got later and later in December, it's, oh yeah, that's star corner. Yeah. He's, he's our best defender. He's not playing, um, in the Rose bowl. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're playing in the orange bowl. Yeah. Our starting offensive tackle, uh, yeah, probably first round draft pick. He's not going to play. It just doesn't matter anymore. Players don't care near as much as they used to. Fans have stopped caring because they don't go to the games. Now these bowl games have awful attendance. The college football playoff is killing anything that's not called the college football playoff. So why not expand it? Those 12 teams, here are the the objective positives. No one's opting out of those games. That star cornerback on the number 12 team in the country last year, say number 12, Wisconsin, goes to the Rose Bowl. No one's showing up. He's not playing that game. Who gives? 12-team football, 12-team college football playoff. Wisconsin, number 12. They're going to the playoff. The objective is to win a national championship. That corner on America's biggest stage with an opportunity to win it all is going to play in that game. Everyone's going to play. Huge. These 12 teams have a bunch of guys that are ready to play, even if the parity is not there. Even if number 12 never beats number five in a play-in game where the first four teams get a bye, you're still given the opportunity for the best of the best in college football to square off and every player gets out there. What else is good about it? Utah lost that game to Florida. Guess what? Their game next week against whoever the crap it is matters now. You don't have to give up on the rest of the season. Utah is in a spot right now where it's like almost anything they do is still going to nullify them from playoff contention. Their regular season doesn't matter. So when you say that an expanded college football playoff kills the regular season, no, it makes it matter more longer. In a 12-team scenario where the winner of a conference championship gets an automatic bid, Utah's slate is still clean. You can lose three games in the non-conference, go play, I think it's Colorado's schedule is nuts in the non-conference. It's like a maybe Northwestern or TCU. They're just not a good football team in general, but it's a bunch of power five schools. You go to Colorado, be that team that loses to three power five schools to get yourself ready for conference play. You sweep the slate in conference play, go nine and three, make the college football playoff and win a few games. Happens year in and year out in high school. 
It's district play. It's conference play that matters in high school football. So these teams will go out and they'll schedule really tough non-district games because those games don't matter for your playoff standings. So you can play tougher games that will matter down the stretch because you get better when you play better competition. Teams will be able to schedule looking at that moving forward because of an expanded college football playoff. So it's going to help for competition. It's going to help for guys to play. And it's going to make games all the way down the stretch matter more. Your week 10 games for a two-loss team at this juncture in the road, especially in the Big 12, mean zero. Why? Because you're playing for the difference of the Texas Bowl and the Alamo Bowl. And people, what, what reason is there to care? If I am a football fan, why am I sitting here, say Manhattan, Kansas, rooting for the Wildcats, like, wow, hope we win this week, would really love to go to the Alamo Bowl instead of the Texas Bowl. None of that matters. Who won the Texas Bowl in 2018? Who won the Texas Bowl in 2017? Who won the Texas Bowl in 2005? No one cares. Who won the national championship in 2019? LSU. People can tell you national championship winners. People can tell you, I can tell you, Washington made the college football playoff because that is where the goal is in college football. If you don't make it to the playoff, then nothing matters. You can make the case that it does, but in today's era, the numbers would say that you are wrong, that the playoff itself is has killed bowl games. And if you want to bring the life to bowl games back, you've got to expand the playoff to where those bowl games mean a shot at a national championship. I want to take time before we get into college football playoff expansion and how it affects Baylor to thank one of our newest sponsors here at Locked On, Underdog. So Underdog hopped on with us about a week ago. Happy to have them as a sponsor. And Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up college football season. Emphasis on easy. You get started today. It's easy to play while you watch your favorite team. Easy to play. You can win hard cash in a single game. Underdog has investment backing from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They've always been focused on building superior products for a fun user experience. Hosts should implement their experience. Uh, That's me, and I'm implementing my experience. (laughs) That was awesome. By saying that it is very fun because we, we've all done it at Locked On. It's actually pretty easy to use. So if you go to Underdog Fantasy today, you can sign up with the promo code Locked On, all caps locked space on. Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. Get $100 free when you deposit $100. Go to underdogfantasy.com, Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick em action today. You hear that? College football pick em action. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Baylor football, huh. they're pretty good right now. I was thinking about it yesterday. I tweeted it, actually, that it's a good time to be a Baylor football fan, a uh, Baylor sports fan in general, and that still applies, as good as Baylor is. Last season, they missed the college football playoff. They would have made the college football playoff in a scenario where 12 teams go. So what does the expansion do for Baylor? Well, it obviously gives them a much better chance to make the college football playoff, and I didn't, I didn't really consider this. It gives the Bears an opportunity to get a first-round bye. Last season, Baylor would have been the number four overall team in America because the way they're going to do it is by top-ranked conference champions. So Alabama would have been one last season. Michigan, winners of the Big Ten, would have been two. Cincinnati, the highest-ranked conference champion who won the AAC, would have been three. And your Baylor Bears would have been the fourth-best team in the United States based off of that distinction and gotten a first round by in the college football playoff, meaning Georgia who didn't win a conference championship would have been five followed by Notre Dame, Ohio state, Ole Miss, Oklahoma state, Michigan state, Utah, and Pittsburgh. I get it, ma'am. I get it. 
Pitt playing Georgia game one would be a blowout. And I know why SEC teams are so pissed off about all this because ah, we're going to have to play a throwaway game like Georgia and Pitt. Yeah, you freaking are. Make the top four then. Uh, make the top four then. In that scenario, yes, there are going to be some games like Georgia Pitt that just aren't very fun. But how about this one? Utah and Notre Dame. Utah gave Ohio State everything they wanted, and I think number 11, Utah, could knock off number 6, Notre Dame, in that scenario next season. Number 8, Ole Miss. Number 9, Oklahoma State. That's a play-in game, too. That could be a great game, and the winner of that game actually plays Baylor in what the bracket would have looked like last season in a 12-team playoff. Folks, wild to consider this, but Baylor getting a bye as a top-four team, their first college football playoff game after the play-in brings it to eight total teams, would have been against either Ole Miss or Oklahoma State, both teams they won, both teams they beat, meaning Baylor would have been in the final four of the college football playoff. That's the new parity that this adds. Maybe the number one, the number two, the number four team wins it every year. It's never outside the top four. But you add in so many unique matchups that make bowl games matter. So I already asked, what does this mean for Baylor? It's a good thing. Now that Baylor can win the Big 12 year in and year out, which I think is a very, very likely chance now that your Oklahoma and Texas are gone, Baylor can become the Oklahoma of the Big 12. They're in line to do that under Dave Aranda. They have an automatic spot in a college football playoff every year as a Big 12 champion and an almost automatic spot in that top four as long as you're one of the better ranked conference champions as well. So it gives Baylor the opportunity now if they win the conference, which they should a good portion of the years, if the trajectory holds, and Dave Aranda won it in just year two, Baylor's in the college football playoff squarely with a really good seed as well. I love that part of this. Expansion is going to bring so much life to not just Baylor, but the entire Big 12, and then also specifically Baylor because of how good they are in the Big 12. This expansion, if you're Alabama, if you're Georgia, again, I see why you don't like it, but if you're Baylor, your ticket to the college football playoff just got a whole lot cheaper. It got a whole lot easier for you to make that jump into the playoff year in and year out and be a perennial team that's sitting right there. If you're Oklahoma State, if you're Kansas State, you're chomping at that same bit, knowing that in the Big 12, you've got a pretty good chance to find a way into the college football playoff when your odds are stacked better off for you. So Baylor fans, Get ready for the idea of Baylor being a consistent player in the college football playoff. Whether this comes to, to pass in 2024, whether it comes to pass in 2026, or they delay it till 2028, Baylor's going to be right there in that spot as long as Dave Aranda's the head coach to make a college football playoff run. They are big. They're fast. They're strong. They're only getting bigger, faster, and stronger. You saw them beat Ole Miss, whip up on Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl last season. Baylor tearing apart most of the Big 12, winning 12 games in total. If that trajectory continues, Baylor is near the top of the college football playoff. Better yet, with an expanded college football playoff, if you get three games in total, or for some of these teams, you'll be you'll have the opportunity with eight to four to two to, I don't know. You have the opportunity for at least three more games. And as a Baylor team that a lot of folks are pointing to and saying, hey, they're good, but they can't compete with the SEC squads at the top, like your Alabamas, your Georgias. Now you get to see them year in and year out and understand what you're going against. Example, BYU playing against Baylor last year, they get an example of the next man up. Where does BYU want to be? Okay, our, our bar is to be Baylor. Kalani Sataki has said that, head coach of BYU, that their team wants to mold themselves like Dave Aranda and Baylor. 
Now, if Baylor can play the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world every year in the college football playoff, they see, okay, our standard is Alabama, our standard is Georgia, and they can find their way over time to build a team consistently going to the playoff of solid recruits that are bigger, faster, stronger, and can compete with the caliber of Alabama and Georgia. So that that bodes really well for a team that doesn't get necessarily an automatic ticket to the playoff every year, but the top 12 teams in the country make it. And Baylor being outside that top 12 consistently doesn't feel that realistic, realistic, especially the new Big 12. Baylor should be in that top half of the top 25 year in and year out with Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, even with those teams, Houston coming in. The loss of Oklahoma, the loss of Texas takes bigger talent off your plate and gives Baylor a better opportunity to win more games and make it into that final 12. Recruiting gets a lot better. The opportunity to win big games gets way bigger as well. Just as a whole, get ready for Baylor being in the college football playoff on a regular basis. Tough to imagine. I get it. I myself am trying to picture it right now, and it's just not the easiest thing to comprehend. But get ready for Baylor, year in and year out, being in the top 12 in a conversation for a national championship and go ahead and buy your tickets to the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl or the Rose Bowl year in, year out to watch the Baylor Bears in the college football playoff. It's coming. Trust me, it's coming. Up next, Kalani Sataki, head coach of BYU Cougars. Dave Aranda, head coach of Baylor Bears. Those two guys had press conferences this week talking about the matchup coming up. I went in found the best couple of minutes from each press conference so you can hear from both head coaches on what they think is going to happen in Provo this weekend. Kalani Sataki is spectacular. Obviously, Dave Aranda is Dave Aranda. You guys are going to love it. Check it out. feel good going into this week. You know, I think way proud of the team for their effort and their focus and their energy for last week. I think so much of it is trying to get out of our own way, you know, and really reveal, um, you know, who we are and what we're all about and all of it. And and I thought for so many guys' first game, so many guys played and um, so many guys in new roles, you know, leadership roles. And there's always the, the uh, anxiety or the, um, the, the view of, like, I need to make every play. I um I have these accolades, I need to do this, I need to do that and didn't didn't see any of that. Saw young guys that stepped on the field for the first time and and uh felt like they belonged there. And so uh I credit uh, the team, I credit the coaches for a lot of that. I think those are the you know, we talk about the task within the task and I think, you know, the first game of the year they're you know, the task within the task, you know, what we're doing when we're really doing what we're doing is um, to tr- play green. And so um, it only gets harder from here. And so what a great opportunity um, with this next game versus B- versus BYU. And, um, you know, Kalani and his team are, are playing at a high level, so excited for that. I think an opportunity for us, again, to show uh, what we're about take any questions you guys got. Dave, you, you mentioned um, BYU. What specifically impresses you about them? They, they looked so good in that first game. Uh, they're a veteran group. They've got, I want to say there's eight guys back on either side of the ball. And then, you know, just their um, a lot of experience. 
on top of just that as well. So, you know, they've been playing for a while. Um, and there's a great physicality about them. I think their size and their physicality really stands out. And, um, you know, they, they play a, um, 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 a real physical kind of old school type of game. And it's, it's cool to see from the outside. You know, it's another thing to be lined up against it. And so we're, we're, we're definitely um, going to be challenged at the large scrimmage. How about Jerry Hall, just kind of what he brings? Um, great play-action pass thrower. Um, I think he can he can move in the pocket and create things if things aren't there. He's going to be one of the better quarterbacks we play all year. Um, and, um, you know, it, the film's impressive in terms of uh, the decisions he makes, the, um, the throws that he's able to complete. And really, the you know the the throws that he do, that he, he doesn't take, he doesn't uh, he doesn't put the team at risk. And so, uh, you know, he from where we he was he was good last year. He's better now. Dave, you coached a game in Provo back in 2012. What do you mm -hmm. remember about the atmosphere at Lavelle Edwards, and why is it such a hard place to play? Well, I, they're they're great at welcoming you at the beginning of the game, and um, just a really f kind of friendly fan base and. And then once you get in, I mean, it, it's packed and it gets loud. And, you know, I think especially now that the games are later in the evening, I mean, that's a whole thing as well, just uh, in your hotel uh, looking at your uh, – looking at the clock, you know. And so I think it there is a home field advantage there. I mean, that's a storm that we have to run into. And we've been, we've been um, talking about that and preparing for that, and so we'll see. Same vein, the first big road test last year at Oklahoma State, you saw a lot of the newer guys blink. Mm -hmm. How do you then prepare for the hostile environment on Saturday? From the very beginning, yeah, from January all the way on. Just every obstacle that's hard, everything that's not um, not easy, everything that's not, you know, um, that's not comfort, right, saying yes to those things into an environment like this, how much does it help to have a few assistants who have spent as much time at BYU as they did, and how much do you lean on them going into a game like this? No, I appreciate that. Yeah, so there's a lot of, um, there's good um, feedback from them just, you know, just on the on the experience of playing at night and what that's like. Um, obviously, they know the the coaches there, and um, there's, there's, there's a good awareness of personalities and all of it. But you know, um, I I've I have not worked with Kalani, but I've I'm close to Kalani. You know, Kevin Clunes on that staff, close to him. Ed Lamb, I worked for for I think like two months um, um, when I left Delta State, and Ron Roberts. And prior to going to Hawaii, I was there with Ed at uh, Southern Utah, and so a lot of those guys I know too. And so it's a it's a, we're all a close group. Dave, you talked about Monterey Ball went a lot earlier. How important is that for an inexperienced wide receiver group to have someone you can run plays with out of the backfield, put in the slot, put out wide? How important is his versatility? I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's 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 good. You know, I, I um, I'm um, thankful for uh, for his ability, but then also you know um, Dallas and Sean and and Grimey and all that because we're we're making what we do what he does, you know? And so I think, 
you know, uh, there's a lot more option routes. There's a lot more screens. Uh, the fly sweeps for sure, right? Move, moving him around, try to find uh, roles for him that he can do what he does really well. I think those guys have got a great, uh, you know, juice is right in there too. They've got a great uh, read on all that. And so I think together that's a real, it's a real cool thing to see. And then uh, I think Jordan Neighbors is kind of right in that role as a guy that's uh, uh, kind of an apprentice that's coming along too. So, yeah, we're kind of creating a spot as it goes. Dave, all the single-digit numbers divvied out except for one. Is mm -hmm. there a strategy behind that? No, I think, you know, uh, that – so those single-digit numbers, guys that uh, uh, academically are it, right, are, are, are achieving – uh, guys that character-wise are are um, living everything out the right way. Guys that you know, so whether it's in the bank treating people the right way, or it's out in the class, or your learning specialists, or just anyone that you're interacting with, um, that there is, a, you know, we talked about respect the other day. And it's like a re-inspect. It's like take the time to get to know the uh, who you're with, and not just take, you know, there's not an entitlement. Are taking things for granted, and uh, so you want people that are are taking the time to know um, their people, you know. And then, you know, I think the other part with that would be, you know, football that they're a contributor. And so I think those single digits have a lot more to do with off the field than on. And so that's something that's earned right now. Okay, well, I'm really excited about uh, week two. Um, definitely excited about being a home opener for us uh, after, uh, you know. Uh, road test for us uh, going back east. Um, uh, fortunate that, that we were able to come with a win, and and, uh, and really fortunate of the things that we can learn from it, and that we got to play the game after the delay. But I'm um, looking forward to getting some things done and some improvements done this week. Uh, we're really excited about the opportunity to play against Baylor, and uh, you know we're familiar with them. Uh, really, really good, good team. Um, obviously ranked and. Uh, they're, the, they're the standard for the Big 12. They're, they're the champs. They're the conference champs, and we get to have them here in Provo. Really excited for uh, for that game, and, and excited to see how we match up from from our game against them last year to now. So um, I know the guys are really excited about this opportunity, and um, there's there's a lot of uh, connections that we have with that that you know that program. But uh, I think Dave Randa does an amazing job run, running a football program, and, and as a coach, as a mentor. He's got a great mind, and I, I like him. He's a friend of mine. So uh, we've done a lot of, uh, um, back in the day, we've done a lot of, um, you know, basically professional development, working together. Um, and uh, not so much now because we're, we're both head coaches and playing against each other, but uh, tons of respect for him and, and admire him as a person and definitely him as a coach too. So I'm really excited about the matchup he has. Uh, some guys on the staff that we, that we know really well that I feel really close to, and, and Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos, and um, but it, you know those guys are always be my my friends, and I always love them. But this is a, a game that we're excited about, just to, to get on the field and play and and be at home, and uh, we'll see how we match up against the conference champs. Um, really impressed with what I've seen so far from then last year, even going into this uh, into this week one. Impressed with their defense. I think um, uh, Ron Roberts does a great job on that defense. Um, obviously, Dave Randa has a presence in 
the defense and, and on the offensive special teams. That's what head coaches do. But uh, I, th I think uh, that group, they run really well uh, as far as their schemes, um, uh, fundamentally sound. The offense is going to be strong. I know Grimey will always have them ready. Uh, the strength, you can see it up front. O-line really, really tough and strong, so it'll be a good matchup for our guys. I think it'll be a good matchup for the R-O-line and our D-line in the trenches. So um, they have tons of athleticism and speed to complement what they have up front on defense and on offense, and um, uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited about the environment. Uh, our fans are going to do a great job cheering us on and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. So I'll take any questions you guys have, but um, this is the, they're, they're the standard. They're, they're the champs, and uh, we'll, we'll, we want to see where we, how we match up against them. That was Dave Aranda and Kalani Sataki, head coach of the Baylor Bears, head coach of the BYU Cougars, going into their game on Saturday. And this game has mm, very little playoff implications right now. That's the truth. It's a team that... Yeah, Baylor at number nine, they're still five spots out of the playoff. And BYU at 21, they are quite a few spots out of the playoff. So this one doesn't matter for college football playoff contention, but it would if there were 12 teams because Baylor at number nine would be decently in three teams in to the playoff. So that's just some food for thought there, how this matchup would change even three years from now. Tomorrow's show. Got a round table with a lot of folks in the Big 12. Or, you know, I got a couple things planned. We'll see what we end up going with tomorrow. You got to come back and find out. But it's all going to be covering Baylor and BYU coming up this weekend. More on the college football playoff as well because there's so much that was overlooked because it broke. The news broke during week one of the football season. But there's a lot to dissect there. We're going to do it the rest of this week on. Thanks for making Locked on Baylor your first listen every single day. Locked on Baylor.